0: Hey there, it's Kelly from ZinniMe. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at ZinniMe.com podcast. All right, on to our episode. We're joined today by Dr. Jeremy Sharp from the testing psychologist. Welcome to Thanks, your God podcast interview (laughs) (laughs) i invited jeremy because um we've been on this theme of multiple streams of income and i've gotten to know jeremy well over the course of several months and i felt like his story is something you guys need to hear so thanks for um being so willing to to share jeremy
1: yeah yeah of course thank you so much for having me on
0: So you're a psychologist, and so many of the people that listen are MFTs, MFT psychologists, LPCs. We've run the gamut, but I think that in your story, it's not just about uh, being a psychologist specifically, but I think it's really the beautiful process that you've gone through in building your practice that everyone can learn from. So tell me about when you started your practice and why.
1: Yeah. So let's see the, when I started in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was, yeah, I was coming out of my postdoc and my wife and I knew that we wanted to be settled in the the town that she worked in, which is also where I went to grad school. Um, she was pretty well established. And um, yeah, I applied for a ton of jobs that, Interestingly, I think I was probably overqualified for, but I also didn't get any of them. So <laughs> mental health kind of stuff, you know, I was just trying to find a job in our community and um, nothing really panned out. And so I always say I kind of started my practice initially out of necessity um, mm. because I didn't I didn't know what else to do. And, you know, I have just enough of an adventurous spirit to, to leap in and try to do something like that. And she was super supportive. So I just, I decided to go for it.
0: And you started out solo,
1: yeah? Yeah, yeah. So started out solo. It was just me. Um, let's see. That lasted for a couple years. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's when maybe we'll talk about the testing piece. But, yeah, I started to hire grad students after I started to get really busy with testing. And that was kind of my, my foray into hiring people initially.
0: When you started your practice, was it all just testing?
1: No, no. So I started... You know, I would say with a traditional kind of therapy practice, I was seeing however, you know, 20, 25 people a week, I would do a couple assessments a month on the part of my work. But yeah, it took, it took a couple of years before that really shifted to where I was only doing testing, which is, which is my story now. Um, but yeah, so I started out as more of a generalist, I had a lot of training in couples therapy, which is funny to think back on now, but, mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of my niche before I really shifted over to testing.
0: Why this switch?
1: Um, a few things, a few things. It was some circumstance. Um, well, it was a lot of circumstance and that kind of helped me figure out that I really like testing. So, um, the big thing that happened is that our local university changed their, uh, policy with a d h d evals where they required any student who wanted a d h d medication to to get a full evaluation first
0: lucky you which,
1: <laughs> which was crazy, yeah, so that uh luckily i you know turned out to be me like I had done a few yeah. evals, you know and their staff had gotten a hold of those, and so i mean I, it was literally almost overnight that I found myself going from like one or two evals a month to i think i had like fifteen or twenty scheduled like all at once. Um, And so I jumped into that and said, you know, this is a great opportunity. I I need to meet this need somehow. Um, But that also coincided with the birth of our first kiddo. And so, you know, I quickly found that with testing, like, you know, you spend half your time face to face and then the other half is writing. So you write up the results and I could do that at home and there was more flexibility. And so it really let me, you know, be home with our kid more often. And, that was awesome, and I found actually that it was not as mo- as as emotionally taxing as doing therapy and doing all this couples work you know I was doing emotionally focused therapy for couples, so you know I would come home in the evenings just like drain and Ooh. collapse on the couch, my wife was like, uh, are we gonna, <laughs> you this- know act at all." Um, <laughs> And so switching to testing was nice. It exercised this other kind of logical part of my brain and let me do some writing, which I love, and gave me more of an emotional reservoir to kind of pull from when I was with my family. So yeah, I mean it, it was a confluence of things that really came together, and I found that I loved it.
0: And I think too, like that's the best kind of other stream of income, hmm. right? Where it's based on skills, but it meets it meets the need. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm gonna create this because I'm tired of doing something in my business, but there's a need. Mm-hmm. And um, and you have the skill set to meet that need. And it's like a win-win. It benefits the clients, your community, and then it benefits your family life and your own mental well-being, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the benefits to the clients of having testing in a practice?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, gosh, yeah, where to start? I mean, so, so it's interesting, you know, I see te- a lot of people see testing as like this data driven, um, kind of cold, you know, very rational process, yeah. um, which it is. I mean, there's a si- there's, that's a big part of it. You know, there's a lot of data involved in standardization. But I mean, I really think of testing as getting to know kids and their families or adults, we test adults too. But you know, getting to know people in this uh, very different, but very intimate way, you know, like having a, a really good understanding of what their brains are up to and being able to weave in all the cognitive abilities with personality and emotions and environment and family dynamics. Like, it's just a, like a layer of, that's a, you know, a layer that you don't get in therapy, you know, just having that, that data, I suppose. But, but yeah, so it, I think helps in that regard, just in knowing people better. And then that kind of informs what to do with them and how to help them. You know, Mm -hmm. so I can look at not just the kid that I'm testing, but the whole family system and, and be able to recommend things from, uh, you know, treatment recommendations from like every angle, I suppose, you know, we can talk about like what would be supportive on the the brain side and how, you know, it might affect learning and what to do there, but also the family dynamics. So I recommend like family therapy a lot or individual counseling or medication or occupational therapy. I mean, it's getting to know somebody kind of from a 360 degree perspective and then being able to guide treatment from that. And, uh, you know, I found that really valuable. Yeah.
0: And it sounds like it makes, the care you provide more effective and targeted.
1: That's the hope. Yeah. That's Better the idea. The <laughs> hope. I mean, that's not, I hope that's what we're doing. Um, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So and being then, able to point people in the right direction. I think that's the thing. Instead of like yeah. wandering around and maybe meandering through a treatment that may or may not work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're in your practice, you've added testing and then you decide, I'm going to manage people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Tell tell me about how that happened.
1: Oh my gosh. So, (laughs) um, it's, yeah. So it didn't turn into that. Like I didn't realize I was managing people for many years, I think. Okay. Uh, Well, and, uh, but of course, I mean, of course I was, but I didn't, I didn't see it that way. But Yeah, initially, um, I just did what I experienced in grad school. So I worked in a neuropsychology practice for a few years, Mm -hmm. um, you know, administering tests. And that was my role. And so when I got busy in my own practice with testing, that's what I went to. I was like, well, I need to hire grad students. That's what Mm -hmm. you do. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that was my that was how I got into having employees. It's funny. Mm -hmm. It didn't seem that way back then. But, yeah, so that lasted for Couple years, I had grad students. Um, they were part time, and then I took on a full time postdoc. Um, I forget when that was, 2013 maybe. Mm-hmm. And then I had another postdoc the year after that. And then from there, we really started to grow. Then I then I was more deliberate in hiring other psychologists and and also therapists just to meet the need to refer people within our own practice, but also the <coughs> need in the community. Um, so since then, yeah, it's, it's been this whole transformation from, you know, clinician to people manager, uh, to
0: people, wrangler.
1: people <laughs> wrangler, I know, I know, <laughs> but the cool thing, so I love that though. That's another, that's, it's yeah. been a really nice part of the journey is I f- figured out that, um. The, the the nurturing and the caring for the practice and building the practice and supporting my employees and making sure everyone's doing well and liking their case like I have found that I really, really enjoy that and really like playing that role and organizing things for them and making sure they have little treats in the office, you know, that kind of stuff. Like,
0: yeah,
1: I really like that stuff. Not to mention, I mean, the marketing and kind of like being the face of the practice. That's been super, super interesting and really fun for me.
0: I think that's something that stood out about you to me is that value you have for community, both in like how you've set up your practice and how it serves the community such as working with the university and that sort of thing, but also the internal community as a MFT and person who loves systems. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you've created that system there and how you, you really value nurturing and growing that kind of creating a culture mm-hmm. in your practice, um, which yeah. sometimes people don't think about. They get kind of in that sense of, I have these tasks that need to be done. I'm going to allocate them to this person. Now you do this. And then we we leave out some of the impact of, you know, if I create a place where people want to be, I'm going to have longevity with a community that's going to benefit the clients that we have consistency and not a high turnover. Like again, creating those win wins for therapeutically what's happening with the clients, but also what's happening amongst your team.
1: Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I feel like that culture in the practice, just everything good flows from that. You know, I mean, that's good for us. People like coming to work. Um, they like who they work with. We have fun, and then they stick around, and that's mm-hmm. great for clients. And yeah, it helps the community too. Like it gives people in the community other providers they can rely on us to be stable and know they kind of know what they're getting when they send people our way.
0: Yeah. So yeah. you said like you built the practice based on like what your experience was in grad school, but knowing now mm-hmm. what you know, does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes. <laughs> Is that <laughs> what do you? Because when people say, like, I want to do testing in my practice, I refer them to you because you know what that looks like and how to do that well. What do you think is a way to be cutting edge and to do it different that is better? You know what I'm saying? Like, in terms of how you integrate testing and build that up in your practice. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapistbusinessschool to get started.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think one big part of it is just being very clear that you actually specialize in testing and do testing. I think that's um, something that psychologists uh, I see a lot, you know, and folks that I consult with, like there's a hesitance, a hesitance, hesitation. Is that the right word? There's a hesitation. There we go. To really step into that role and, and say like, I do testing and I specialize in testing. A lot of psychologists will kind of have it tucked away on their website or, you know, it's maybe like a little mention somewhere, mm. but yeah, I think I, I, that honestly goes a long way. Um, and to really present yourself that way in the community mm-hmm. um, can go a long way to let people know that, Hey, this is what I do. And this is, this is my specialty and not be afraid to embrace it. Um, the other, I mean, there are a couple other things. Like, I, I thought, you know, I'm an efficiency person and a system yes. person. And uh, you know, so I, I'm always trying to tune into the technology that can help testing go smoother and make sure that you've got, you know, all your systems in place in the practice so that you don't get in this trap. Like a lot of us get trapped where we can see a lot of people and do the testing, but then we get really backed up with writing the reports.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it
1: takes forever. And then people don't like you. And then you get that, you know, it kind of throws your reputation off. So, um, so yeah, using, making sure your technology's dialed in, your systems are dialed in Um, you've got your schedule locked up, so you're not scheduling too many face-to-face appointments and not having time to write the reports. So, I mean, this is not like glamorous stuff by any means, but I think it's particularly important with testing because um, it does eat up a lot of time. If you, you know, if you choose to really do it and you just got to make sure that you're efficient and you've got the room in your schedule.
0: Mm -hmm. And you and I had talked about like some of the processes in terms of, you can try batching mm-hmm. the writing with the testing and all there's different ways to do it mm-hmm. that will help you be efficient and to get things done and not get backed up even on it. Like, cause you're pretty popular. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there is right. wait lists and things like people have to wait to see you. So um, right. I think having that kind of expertise and knowledge is so valuable so that that is a common thing as a therapist who has referred people for testing. So I Mm -hmm. think this is good too, even if you don't do testing to understand like all the components of a testing practice, Mm -hmm. it it would be like I had a client who got tested months later, still waiting for a report, Mm -hmm. but the IEP is dependent on the report, you know? And so everything gets kind of in a gridlock. Mm -hmm. So understanding, um, and that does hurt your reputation. And so mm-hmm. it's also about great customer service, great community relationships, and moving things along so the client can get help quickly and not be stuck because yeah. your processes are crappy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and being willing to think outside the the, the typical box, I think. And that's mm-hmm. one thing when you're doing therapy, we kind of get... Uh, locked into this weekly, you know, people come every week or every other week and you just have your appointment. But like my schedule right now, for example, is I will do a week on where I see people face to face doing testing or interviews or uh, feedbacks or whatever, you know, from seven to three, you know, that's my Mm -hmm. schedule. Then I take a whole week off every other week to just write reports and do administrative things. And, you know, and I mean, I would never think to do that if I just had a therapy practice, you know, but um, it's that batching piece, you know, where you can kind of focus on one thing for a set amount of time and then switch back over and make sure to have time to do the other important pieces. Right. And that's worked well for me. I don't know if that works for others, but yeah, I found a way to, to make that effective.
0: Yeah. And so you've built a practice. Testing is a huge niche, but it 's also another stream of income because you also have clinicians that just do straight up counseling, so mm-hmm. there's several different ways that income is coming in and then you have the testing psychologist mm-hmm. so what was that about why why do that <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why do that uh, because i wasn't busy enough and <laughs> an extra project to really pour my energy. In. Um, so where did that come from? I mean, a big part of it was that I didn't have any guidance whatsoever mm-hmm. when I was starting my testing practice. I feel like I was doing so much by the seat of my pants. Um, I can't even imagine what I did wrong. I'm sure that, you know, any number of things, luckily they didn't wreck my business, you know, but, um, but yeah, so I didn't have any guidance back then. Um, and I still it's still pretty tough to find true guidelines on like how to mm-hmm. manage a testing practice and the nuances yes. of that um, yes. so that was a big part of it um, The other part was, yeah just I like novelty and I had done some teaching in the past and you know kind of taught a class around consulting and private practice and business stuff and so uh, you know doing the podcast and and Really Niching down into the consulting business just seemed like a natural extension it's like another way of yeah. teaching and guiding and so that fit well with my personality and uh, you know and hopefully just another way to kind of help the community too you know help clinicians yeah spread the word about testing
0: mm-hmm. I think that um, it's a contribution to the field mm. if we can have better practices and better testing practices because mm-hmm. those testing practices improve overall outcomes and um, so I for anyone that's listening they've probably heard this a million times for me but I will say it again that there's a cohesion in your story like each thing leads to the next Mm -hmm. and so that's what we call leverage in terms of taking a skill set becoming an expert and then turning that into other ways of service. And it's not Mm -hmm. always butt in the chair, face-to-face therapy. And there's lots of different ways to do that. And what I like is just how you've you've done that in several ways already. And Mm -hmm. now you're helping other psychologists, um, clinicians who do testing to realize that for themselves as well, which I think is Mm -hmm. rad.
1: Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's, I love it. Yeah. Uh, there's a, you know, do you know, James Altucher yes. he does a business? Yeah. So you may have heard, he calls it the adjacent possible, you know, it's like, hmm. you, it's kind of like that pivoting thing where you take a skill or a couple skills that you are maybe pretty good at, but not the best at. But then when you kind of put them together, mm-hmm. it creates something, you know, really Magical. So I don't know that I'm the best testing psychologist or the best teacher slash consultant, but when you put them together, you know it's yeah kind of a unique thing. When it's hopeful.
0: well, I can say I've been around you, and I, <laughs> I wouldn't have you on here if I was like I'm not too sure about that, this guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, thanks, Kelly. I've it. been around you. I hear how you talk about things. I've seen how you worked it, and um, just the integrity you have, and so. That's why I feel like it's something that's missed and very much needed in our communities. And if people realize, like, there's so many psychologists out there who have this ability to do testing, but they don't because there's these fears of, I don't know how to make it profitable. I don't know Mm -hmm. how to, like, set it up and not end up writing reports all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. So there's all these fears attached because there is a lack of mentorship. And like you said, sort of this, like, here are your steps, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so there is talent that's being kind of put to the side that is needed in the communities. And that could also benefit those psychologists.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so true. It's so true. I see in our Facebook group all the time, you know, these psychologists and it's so nice. They're like, I'm finally getting I'm thinking about getting back into testing I had all this training but I didn't think I could do it in private practice I'm so glad I found this group like let's talk about how to do that you know and it's like yeah awakening this skill set that a lot of us learn but then don't know what to do with it
0: so you have a Facebook group
1: yeah yeah there's it's called the testing psychologist community um of course and, um,
0: <laughs> You're like, <laughs> right. Kelly, I'm consistent with my <laughs> language here. Cool.
1: That's you, yeah, you'd recommend that, right?
0: <laughs> okay. um,
1: so, yeah, it's really cool. We're creeping up toward 300 people. There's some great discussion um, just about the business side. And we get into actual testing dynamics and nuances like measures and what to do when and diagnostic stuff. I mean, it's all. You know, I'm so
0: glad you have that gift that would make my head spin <laughs> for those that don't see my face, which you won't cause this will just be audio. You'll see my, my head is like moving like, okay, whoa, <laughs> measures. Mm. <Mm-mm. laughs> right, I
1: Love it. Love it. Yeah.
0: So if people want to learn from you, where should they go?
1: Yeah, the best place is probably the website, thetestingpsychologist.com. And there you certainly have access to all the podcast episodes. Uh, my contact info is there. You can, if you're interested in consulting, there's a lot of information there about the consulting side. Uh, and there's also a link to the Facebook group, of course, and um, some resources that are particularly helpful for testing and other uh, other business folks who can help you in your testing practice. So. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. if anybody is out there that has thought about doing the testing, what is one thing you want them to know
1: The one thing is that it's totally doable, and i'll even add awesome to do testing in your practice mm. um, don't be scared to add it. It is totally doable, it can be profitable. you can do it with insurance without insurance it doesn't have to kill your schedule um, it yeah it's very doable and and I think a great way to continue to serve your community and, and maybe tweak your lifestyle a little bit too, to be more enjoyable.
0: And you are living proof of that. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today.
1: Of course. Thank you, Kelly. I'm this so happy
0: to share you with our peeps.
1: <laughs> well Thank you. It's an honor. Of course.
0: Yeah. All right, you guys, I will be posting links in the blog and please go check out Jeremy. And if that group would be helpful, Go join it. And thanks for listening. If you've got questions, post below and uh, we'll answer them for you. All right. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice head over to zinni.me.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.